0: Hoop7 proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. Ellis fumbled the ball, two on the shot, clock goes up a Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Come the Villagers. Four on two. McCall, Ellis, left corner. Out. Bang! From way down under. Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best, Total away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat. To the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Held the best.
1: Ellis for the reverse. Oh, Through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a ball. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out feeling good. Ellis.
0: Cody Ellis. Ellis pull up jumper. Cody Ellis! Bang. Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis! Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle.
2: Hello and welcome to Hoops Heavens Basketball Hustle. And all of a sudden, Cody, we're halfway through a championship series, or maybe not quite halfway through if we end up going to Game 5, right. but we're two games in between the Sydney Kings and the New Zealand Breakers. We're tied at one all. We've had two big crowds in Sydney and Auckland. We've got two more big crowds already already set to go this weekend for Games 3 and Game 4, so we'll get into all of that on this week's show. And the MVP has found an NBA home, Cody. Mm. Fascinating that he's now in the middle of a championship series as the captain battling battling all sorts of physical ailments, but he's now getting ready to join the NBA as well as soon as the the series is over. The WNBL Finals will begin this weekend. Your NBL season at the Warwick Senators is getting very close, Cody, and we've got a big name back in the league this season that you're about to yeah. battle with as well. So we'll get your thoughts on that. We're here, thanks to Hoop7, of course, but everyone has tuned in to hear from, from you, Cody. Cody Ellis, the former Illawarra Hawks,
1: Sydney Kings power forward, the Warwick Senators captain. Been another big week. Certainly has, mate. Certainly has. And uh, look, series tied 1 one uh, it's kind of how you want it you yep. know you, you we definitely want to go to five and we both I think picked it to go to five so hmm. um, uh, hopefully it uh, it does reach reach that but uh, look big games on this weekend absolutely so Friday
2: night game three back in Sydney and already we're set to get more people there than the 13,500 that were at mm-hmm. game Game one, which is fantastic. I'm pretty sure it's going to be another sellout. I think they're looking to set a record at Spark Arena on, yep. on Sunday for game four as well. So um, I think when we spoke about a month ago, Cody, we talked about how there's every chance if these two teams played in a championship series, you might get close to 60,000 people across five games. Yep. If this goes to five games, it's going to get very close
1: to that number. Yeah, it, it certainly is, and that's that's awesome. Yeah. That's great, and I think um, even you know the, the TV audience would be unbelievable mm. as well. So, uh, no, look, it's good. The uh, NBL is certainly on the up and up, and uh, yeah. the crowds are certainly showing that. No, for sure. And
2: we're here thanks to Hoop7. So at this time of year, all the competitions are starting to, to, get, to gear up, whatever level you're playing at. So if you need anything basketball-related, head to hoop7.com.au, anywhere in the country or... If you're in Perth, Cody, it's a great time to pop into the store on Murray
1: Street. Certainly is. Certainly is. Pop in. um, You know, keep an eye on the socials for all the new drops and, uh, yeah, look, get in there as soon as you can. No, absolutely. So thank you to Hoop7
2: for making this show possible. I'm going to start, before we get into the Championship Series, Xavier Cooks. We've talked all season long about if he has an NBA future. Well, he does now because he has a contract that he's signed. (laughs) He's signed for the rest of this season and all of next season at the Washington Wizards. Fantastic news for him and, and
1: well deserved. Oh, absolutely. It's uh it's awesome and I think it was um more of when than if mm-hmm. with with Zave and uh look, I think that's awesome, you know, extremely well deserved and um it's going to be interesting to see what Sydney do with him for mm. the rest of the series because he is he is battling some uh some heavy knocks mm-hmm. um from from the past few games he's played and you know, we we saw that in game 2 where he only played 9 minutes. Yep. Um so yeah look it's going to be interesting he'll want to play, obviously, and I'm sure they'll want him to play, but I think you know his his future and especially going over to the n b a is probably that a bit more important
2: it's It's a fascinating yeah. conundrum to have, isn't it because he wants to be as close to hundred percent as possible once yeah. he arrives in Washington, but he also wants to wants to arrive with another championship ring on his mm-hmm. on his on his finger as well um I actually think his ankle's okay right now, that yeah. he was battling late in the series against Cairns, but he just copped a couple of Corks in that game one against New Zealand that he really struggled to play through yeah. in in game two. I mean, five days in between games, is that enough for him to get healthy or is there every chance we don't see much more of him at all?
1: Look, uh, you're right. I think it was certainly the Corkies that, mm. that really got the better of him in that game two. Um, you could see even even you know the little bits of warm-up that you see, you could see he wasn't moving right. Mm. And then that first few minutes he just up and about but just couldn't really move. Came off within about two minutes of the game and then, you know, talking to the medical staff and trying to keep it warm and loose and then got back out there and just couldn't go. So, um, look, five days is a lot of time with Mm. Corky's. You know, they're usually really sore for three, four days. Mm. So I think it is plenty of time. I think he'll be put on ice for this whole week, obviously. Um, But, look, I think think we do see him again. Um, But, yeah, I think... Walton is the other one that's uh, a bit of a scary one.
2: No, for sure. I'll get to him. But just on Zave, if for some reason the Wizards tell the Kings that (laughs) we don't want him playing, he's our player now, we've got him under contract, do the Kings have no choice but to not play him in
1: these last three games? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there'd be a bit of back and forth with Mm. it for sure. Um, But, yeah, that'd be a tough one. That would be a tough one. For for a Washington team that isn't going to make a whole lot of noise uh, in the coming months... um, Yeah, it'd be a very interesting one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. They'd they'd obviously, I think they'd have to say, look, okay, that's fine. Like, Mm. you know, end of the day, they probably own his rights now. So, um, look, I I can't really see them doing that. I don't think Mm. they would. Mm. Um, But yeah, that would be certainly throwing a spanner in the works for the Kings.
2: It's an interesting one because we've seen just recently in the WNBA where Steph Talbot has her Mm -hmm. WNBA contract, which was out here playing for the Adelaide Lightning. She's done her ACL and now. She's still under contract, but her team in the WNBA has had to suspend her, so then they aren't paying her for this season. So it's—I yeah. I know it's different in the NBA, but gee, it's—it's it's a, it's a tricky situation.
1: Oh, it certainly is. But you know, I think you know, God forbid if if something did happen mm. like that, then I, I think Washington would have every right to do the same thing. Mm. You know, um, and it's 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 such a crazy thing, sports, with that kind of um, stuff going on that. You want them playing. You, mm. you want them coming in in the best shape and all that sort of mm. stuff. But you can't really wrap players in bubble wrap because mm. it doesn't really work like that. That's yeah. usually when they do get hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, look, uh, I, think, uh, I think it's certainly an interesting scenario and it'll uh, be interesting to see what happens.
2: It's amazing to think. We're talking about how important he is to the Sydney Kings winning this championship or yeah. not. But in two weeks' time, he's going to be in a Washington mm. Wizards uniform. What sort of immediate impact can he have once, once he gets there?
1: Oh, look, I, th- I think there's going to be uh, a little bit of treading the water and trying to trying to find his feet a bit mm. once he gets there. Mm. Um, NBA is a different beast. Mm. You know, he, he's athletic in our league. He's not athletic. He's just a normal, normal player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not overly athletic <laughs> yeah. uh, in the NBA. Um, and probably not that strong. No, but I, I think one of the things I'm excited to see is how his shot gets better. Mm-hmm. You know, they have all the teams over there have, you know, specialised guys mm. that they send them to, and, you know, specialised shot um, doctors, as yes, they yes. like to call. And, um, look, I think that's something that we'll see him progress the most with. Mm. Um, you know, every other facet of his game has, has just improved out of sight since mm. we've seen him um, with the Kings here. And uh, that's certainly something that I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, improve on.
2: Last one, and then we'll get into into the Championship Series. How important is it for his his confidence that he can go there, find his feet mm-hmm. and get used to working out how to play in the NBA knowing that he's got a contract for next season yeah. as well. He doesn't have to rush. Rush, he can take his time and find his feet.
1: Oh, it's huge. It's huge. And look, Washington is a bit of a younger squad. Mm. Um, I, I think that it's it's probably the perfect fit for him, really. Um, so, look, I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be really good. I think that uh, he's... Like I said, he he's gonna take some time to find his feet hmm. for sure, because it's a different ball game. But uh I think the the rest of this season um will be really good for him to to just figure out where he slots into the team and the roster and I guess how to be
2: an NBA player. Yeah. No, absolutely. So we wish him all the best and we wish him all the best over the next two weeks as well to see if he wins another championship. So before we go into game by game, Cody, the series is tied at one all. Um what stood out to you over the last two games? And if you had to pick one team that has the advantage after two
1: games, who would it be? Oh, I can't really pick an advantage, to be mm. honest with yeah, uh, you. Look, I think New Zealand really squandered a chance to, to make a massive statement and go up 2 nothing yeah. in this series. Um, I think with Walton only playing four or five minutes mm. and Zay playing nine minutes, I think, I think that kind of got into the head a little bit. Um, I so, yeah. Because they played game two as if it was just they were just gonna at some point turn it on mm. and and breeze through. Um, it was it was a very odd game to watch. Mm. So look, they came out in game one in Sydney, ready and raring to go, um, up and about. Will McDowell White was unbelievable, um, and then he was a shadow of himself yeah. in that second game. You know, I think, and this is this is one of those things that we spoke about in New Zealand have that tendency to kind of lose their offensive um, mindset and aggressiveness. And we did see that in game two at home. Um, They just couldn't score. And look, lots of credit goes to Sydney with the way they defended and they just looked like they were more up and in and all led by Justin Simon, who was unbelievable. Um, But yeah, it was just two very different New Zealand teams that we saw. I think Sydney were very similar in the way they played in games one and two. Obviously, undermanned in game two, and mm. you, you know you had some of those guys step up. Quatni was mm-hmm. awesome. He was he was so good. He came out aggressive and um, just kind of continued. DJ hit some big shots. Yep. Um, you know, Angus Glover coming yep. out being being really good for him. Um, but yeah, it was uh, yeah it was a very odd very odd game
2: uh, game two. Yeah, it was. So game one in Sydney on Friday night, the Breakers ninety five to eighty seven ended up winning, but. To me, it felt like a game that they were in control of pretty much the the whole way. And a lot of it was Will McDowell White. It was just a. We talked about which point guard could have the biggest influence on the game between him and Derek Walden Jr. And even when Derek Walden was still Mm. out there before he he went off early in the fourth quarter, Will McDowell White was the the standout performer of the game. 19 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals. And he just played like that, like that floor general, that playmaker that could just make everything else click for them. As good a game from a point guard as you could find.
1: Oh, absolutely! And you know, like you said, he just he controlled the game yep. from start to finish. Um, you know, I think that they did a great job of, of running everything through him, mm-hmm. and um, he just kind of had his way with the defense. Um, whereas you saw game two, he 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 kind of played on his back foot a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was I don't know whether it was Justin Simon being that mm-hmm. a little bit more up in his personal space mm-hmm. and. And uh, and making him do that, or or what the deal was, because uh, yeah, there were two different two different Will McDowell whites we saw. And then in game one,
2: Barry Brown Jr. was pretty quiet for three quarters, but then, as we've seen all season long, when they need a spark, he really steps yep. up, and I think thirteen of his nineteen points came in that in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he was unbelievable, and it's. It's just one of those things that when they need a score, he seems to be that guy every single time. Mm. And um, he's done it throughout the entire season. Uh, even with his with his hurt hand, yep. it's, uh, it's almost even more impressive. But uh, look, I, I think he probably needs to stay super aggressive throughout the whole game. Mm. You know, I think he, he can't really leave it to the fourth quarter. Sure. I think he needs to come in and, you know, Modi kind of tried to do that in that second game. He injected him fairly early and... Um, didn't really get it going. No. So um, no, look, I, I, he he was unbelievable. Game one.
2: So with New Zealand winning on the road in game one, both Xavier Cooks and Derek Walden hurt. How big of an advantage did you think that they had after game after game one?
1: Yeah, I thought it was massive. Mm. I, I thought I thought that they'd be going back to Sydney up to to nothing for oh. sure. Yeah. Um, so look, like I said, to to kind of squander that opportunity, um, in game two was. It's got to be disheartening. But, you know, all of a sudden it's it's back in Sydney's court now. The ball is back yeah. in Sydney's court and they've got the home court advantage now.
2: On the back of both Cooks and Walden being hurt, we didn't know what would get out of them in game two, but yep. they virtually didn't play. Yep. I mean, they almost they almost might as well not have turned mm-hmm. turn up to play. So Cooks ended up playing nine minutes, two points, four rebounds. Walden played five minutes and he just looked like he couldn't move. Yeah. I mean, zero points, two rebounds, one turnover. Yep. They virtually didn't play.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I think Zay played more minutes than he should have. Mm. I think that second time he came out. Probably to, shouldn't have come back the second time. No, he shouldn't have. But it's one of those things that you want to be out there, oh, especially yeah. as, the, as the leader of that team. Um, so, yeah, they played without them. and They really had Sean Bruce running the show mm-hmm. for, the, for the game. And, you know, he, he did a really good job. He, mm. he was really good for them. Um, and then, you know, you had those, those other guys step up. And that's been the advantage of the Kings all year is their mm. depth. And we've spoken about it yep. all the time is how deep they go. Yeah, and they, they really showed up.
2: They had so many guys step up, but I, I still think the difference between the two teams was Justin Simon. Yeah. It, it doesn't stand out in, in the numbers, 12 points, 9 rebounds, 6 steals. If you're, I guess, a layman, that doesn't, mm. doesn't stand out. No. But his energy and his hustle, when he, when he stole three possessions almost in a row <laughs> yeah. in, that, in that third quarter, went for a couple of dunks up the other end, one was a, one was a foul that he turned into points as well. That's when Sydney took over that game for, for good, really, and they were never really in trouble from there. It was, for a game that's relatively quiet on the stat sheet, mm-hmm. it's probably as influential a game as you'll, you'll find.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that was one of the better playoff performances I've, I've seen in a mm-hmm. long time. Yeah. Um, but you're right, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. <laughs> no. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things I was sitting there watching go and see, Defensive
0: mm-hmm. Player of the Year absolutely. right there. Yeah. I think... Yeah. Um,
1: I think he uh, he really turned the screws um, on, on that end of the floor and, you know, you heard him say that Chase Buford called him out mm-hmm. in film, film yeah. so, and he took it personally and, I mean, he certainly did that. He, mm. he came out and, and proved that uh, he was an absolute menace mm. on that end of the floor and, and even offensively, I think mm-hmm. he was just, he was aggressive. You know, yep. he probably missed a couple little bunnies that mm. uh, I'm sure he'd probably wish he'd got back to, mm. to try again but uh, look, he hit a big three late in a shot clock late as yes, well, yes. and just just kind of every time New Zealand started making a bit of a run, he would do something that would turn the tide back into Sydney's uh in Sydney's way. Absolutely. Um, and we talk about Madel White. I
2: think there was a lot of talk after game one, and I think Chase. It's, I want to get your thoughts on this, Chase Buford. Mm-hmm. I would imagine as a head coach, you probably don't need to pay a lot of attention to social media, but no. I have a feeling he reads a lot of what is said because post post game on. On Sunday, he, he took aim at some of the, the Twitter folk about how you know they were calling him out for the way that they defended McDowell White mm-hmm. in Game 1 and how they needed to change the way they defended him in Game 2. Yep. He pointed out that he didn't change much at all, except mm. it was their effort that was a lot better in Game 2. And I think throwing Justin Simon at McDowell White made the, the world of difference. Um, firstly, what do you think of Chase taking notice of some of these, <laughs> these Twitter critics? And also, did you notice much different that they did in Game 2?
1: Yeah, look, I mean... Chase is one of the younger coaches around, so, you know, he's he's kind of grown up with that uh, social media mm-hmm. presence and, and as it's evolved, he's kind of been in and around it for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, look, uh, I think it kind of adds fuel to the fire a bit. Mm. Um, so I'm sure he doesn't take a whole lot of notice of it, mm. but, you know, bits and pieces. I mean, enough people talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, look, I, I don't think they did a whole lot different. I think mm. you're right. I think they just really just... Tighten the screws a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, they they kind of let Will McDowell-White just kind of quarterback the game yep. in that first one. It was Whereas, all too easy for him, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It was. And, you know, obviously you see what he could do. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, Justin Simon, like I said, right up into his personal mm. space, mm. almost sitting in his in his jocks the whole game.
2: When it, um, when, you, when you're when you a point guard and you get, get it stolen off you, possession after
1: possession, it has, to, it has yeah. to be, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. And... And look I mean he he put him on his back foot from the from the get go and he he kind of looked like he didn't want a bar of it you know he'd give the ball up early and mm. uh came back to get it a couple times but you know missed a couple early shots and then all of a sudden you just saw kind of his his head and shoulders drop a little bit yeah. um so yeah look I mean in terms of scout wise I, I don't think they did a whole lot different I think you're right it was just trying to tighten the screws
2: yeah I mean the difference we we talked about it a lot but Seven points and six turnovers in game two for McDowell White. Yep. Two of eight shooting. I mean, yeah. just a totally different player.
1: Yeah, exactly. A shadow of himself, like I mentioned before. And I'm sure that they'll look to, to do that again come uh, game three.
2: And then you had the role play for the Kings. So you had Courtney, 20 points. Nine of 13 free throws. So mm-hmm. he was really aggressive yeah. inside. DJ Vasiljevic hasn't shot the ball at a great percentage all season, but four of six from... From three point land Angus Glover made some big shots. Geordie mm-hmm. Hunter, another one that the stats won't say a lot. I think he only scored four points, but yep. ten rebounds as well was was really important. Also, and as you said, Sean Bruce playing that 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 crucial, crucial role. Depth has been their great strength all season and
1: this is why. Yeah. Oh absolutely. I think Geordie Hunter definitely again didn't really bother the stat sheet too much. Mm-hmm. Um the ten boards was huge. Yeah. Um but I just think defensively, just his size um, was a problem for New Zealand, yeah. and especially Derek Pardon.
2: Yeah, Derek Pardon. We talked about how he was going to be a, a massive presence in this series, but two games in, and he he hasn't been. I mean, mm. you look at his numbers: fifteen points and only twelve rebounds, including one rebound in
1: in game one, even yeah.
2: though they they won the game. Um, he was almost a non-factor in both games.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I feel like he's almost trying too hard to, mm. to assert himself yep. instead of letting the game come to him. Um, and it's one of those teams that it's it's hard for him to really go off. The Kings really like to pack the paint. Mm. So they pack the paint, they dare to shoot threes, and then they run out of it. So with a guy like Pardon who is only really going to score in the charge circle really, yep, yep. It, it's difficult for him to get going. Um, I think... It's really got to come from Will McDowell-White. Mm. Um, just his attack on the rim, I think those little dump-offs to him. They have a great, great
2: pick-and-roll chemistry
1: exactly. usually, yeah. don't they? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, you know, especially especially Brown as well, mm. coming in attacking. Yep. Um, I think finding those little dump-offs. But, you know, in game one, Will had his way and mm. could just score pretty much at ease. So mm. it was it was difficult to get him the ball. And then... Game two, you saw, you know, he was on his back foot, so he, he wasn't getting in the paint the way he was in game yeah. one, and uh, it's it's been really hard for him to kind of find a rhythm. Yeah, yeah, it has been. Um, All right, so I'll get your
2: thoughts on what we expect to see in games three and game four later in the show, Cody, but just before we take a break, by Sunday night, how are you feeling about the series? Mm, it's,
1: uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting. It's... Um, it really was a tale of, t- of two completely different games. Yep. Um, and I feel like game one was a lot more physical than, than game two was allowed to be. Um, and we spoke about how it mm-hmm. was going to be refed and, and how that was going to affect it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, I think this weekend is going to be huge. Um, it doesn't seem either of these two teams want to win on the, on the home <laughs> floor, does it? No. <laughs> so, it's, it's amazing. All
2: season long, they're yeah. three meetings in the regular season, now two, two games in this series.
1: The away teams won every everyone, every of them. single one. It just it's it's wild. It's crazy for two really good teams like this mm-hmm. for that to have happened. So, um, look, I, I think it's I think a lot's going to rely on on the health of Zave and Walton.
2: Mm. All right, Cody. Let's take a deep breath. We'll come back, and then we've got a lot more to to catch up with and look forward to at the end of the show. Sounds good. Okay, back on Hoops Heavens Basketball Hustle and delighted to be joined once again by the Adelaide 36ers Hall of Famer, the only man involved with every Adelaide 36ers championship, Scott Ninnis. It's been a couple of weeks. Scott, how do do we find you right now?
0: Oh, excellent. Thanks, Chris. Always always good to catch up and have a chat. So, uh, yeah, very strange weather going on. In Adelaide mm. at the moment, it's been raining the last couple of days, which is uh, very, very strange at this time yes. of the year and fairly cool. I'm wearing a jumper, which is oh, wow. which is hard to believe in uh, in March. But uh, no, all good here, mate. Uh, you know, enjoying uh, NBL Finals mm. and uh, gearing up for our NBL One season as well. So uh, yeah, a lot happening, but uh, yeah, all good here, mate.
2: It's a very busy time, isn't it? All of a sudden, only a bit over two weeks away from your Championship Defence, starting at South Adelaide. So I'll get your thoughts on on that a a bit later. But we'll get straight into the NBL Championship Series, Scott. Before I get your thoughts on the first two games between the Kings and the Breakers, um, what did you make of the semi-final series? Did you you feel like the best two teams ended up getting through?
0: I think so. I think, you know, there's probably a lot of us that would have Love to have seen, you know, the Cairns and Jack Jumpers and there are a lot of people I guess other favourite teams, it would have been great to see them through. But I've I've been pretty consistent over the last, you know, month or so when I've been talking to people that I felt that New Zealand were probably the only team that I felt could beat the Sydney Kings. Yeah. You know, so I think from that point of view. I'm, I'm glad that they got through, and obviously that showed in, in game one that they are up to the task. So, um, yeah, I do. I think the two best teams got through, and it's uh, yeah, it's been a really interesting series so far, and looking forward to see what pans out from here.
2: Yeah, it, the first two games couldn't have been more more contrasting. I'll get your thoughts on those shortly. Um, before we got to the actual series, we had an almost two-week break. It was an unfortunate, I guess, set of circumstances where, I guess, you couldn't do a lot about when the FIBA window was, was placed, and they had no choice you know, to not be able to play during that week. But what did you make of that? If you were part of one of the grand final teams, how frustrating would have would have that been?
0: Oh, look, I, I hate it as a, as a spectator. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the NBL has done a lot, a lot of things right, um, you, you know, over the last few years. I mean, th- this was just, you know, it's just it's just taken, you know, people started to move on, you know. The, the AFL pre is happening and, and especially in, you know, places like Adelaide and Perth and, and, and Melbourne, that, 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 that sort of takes precedence now. And, and I just think there was such great momentum going into it, to then to have that break. And, and, and especially with not having anyone that was involved in the final series involved in that you know fever break uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me and uh, I think it's taken a bit of the you know m- momentum Basel had going forward a bit of a luster off this series which is uh, you know I, I, I speak to a lot of people obviously and you know a lot of people have you know who probably normally would be right into it now it, it's almost seen as a bit of an afterthought which I think is a bit of a shame.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think especially outside of Sydney where I think they still did a good job to get 13,500 people there and outside of Auckland where it was a sold out building and it'll be another sold out building on Sunday. It's it's tough to lure in I think the casuals. I mean, I, I think we saw that for, for almost 10 years where every time we got to a grand final series it was Perth and New Zealand playing, the rest of the country almost switched off and I kind of feel like that might be the case, might be the case now outside of New Zealand and Sydney, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and that, that's certainly the sense I'm getting, you know, apart from the die diehards to mm. watch or watch anything but yeah I think it, I think that has happened once again I mean you're 100 percent right I mean you know Sydney getting 13,000 people that game uh, is incredible especially when there was Harry Styles was playing <laughs> yes. next door on the same night and, yeah. and, and
2: N- you N- know, NRL the, season started last week too
0: yeah so I, I just think we should you know, we should be over with now you know we should have had a champion crown and and you know the momentum going forward would have been would have been unbelievable and, and you know people would would have been on board because we just would have flown from the semi-final series into the championship uh, series but uh um, it is what it is you know like uh, unfortunately but hopefully that that's something that if you know the situation like this doesn't happen again
2: I feel like the teams didn't enjoy it either and we saw so many players cramping in the second half, especially of, of game one, and they were just so rusty as well. I mean, it's tough to play after two weeks. You just can't replicate that sort of intensity at training, so I don't think the teams enjoyed it either, did they?
0: Oh, absolutely not, and you're 100% right. You can't, you know, no matter how good your training systems are, you can't replicate what happens uh, during a game and, you, you know, you're right. You saw you know, it was really unusual scenes in that in that first game. You, you know, see players cramping and, and you know what what we what we saw go down and which is impacted you know with a couple of players a couple of star players yeah. obviously in the in the game too but um yeah once again it, it there, there has to be a you know better solution and that better sol- solution is to just to keep keep that momentum rolling and uh you know get straight in that and, you know and, and to me even you know playing Friday sunday and then waiting mm. to you know till the next friday yeah. um to me is 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 losing a bit of momentum as well so uh, um, I'm sure the players involved would probably disagree I'm sure everyone's happy to have a bit of a rest uh, leading up to this game three and hopefully we see both teams trot out their you know their best lineups mm-hmm. and uh, you, you know the, and, and hopefully the best team will win
2: it is interesting isn't it you've got almost now a, a week before game three but then you've only got 36 hours in between the the the, t- the Friday and the sunday games it's it's a little bit strange isn't it
0: Yeah, I I would have thought something like a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Mm. Wednesday, Saturday, you know, something like like that. And, you know, I know you can never predict who's going to make it. And obviously if a New Zealand is in it or a Perth or, you know, the travel time is, you know, is is a lot more than if it was, say, a Adelaide-Melbourne series, obviously. But um, I, I would have liked to have seen... You know, something where it's, you know, it's every third day or or something. You've got a game and you just, once again, you keep that momentum going and uh, um, you just get a steady stream of uh, championship series Mm. basketball rammed down your throat.
2: Yeah, I think so too. But as for the action on the court, game one was was fascinating. I just felt Will McDowell-White controlled that game almost completely, was allowed to just run the ship for the Breakers. And as a result, I felt like the Breakers were in control of that game pretty much the whole way. And then if you factor in that Xavier Cooks and Derek Walton Jr. went down hurt and then were virtually non-factors at all in, in game two and it was played in Auckland, it, it felt like everything was pointing towards the breakers going up 2-0, two, two but for whatever reason, they just never seemed to get into top gear on Sunday and the the Kings had all their role players that stepped up. Coat Noy was terrific, DJ Vasiljevic, Angus Glover, um, even Jordan Hunter and then I just felt Justin Simon was the difference in the game. I mean, between the two games, they just couldn't have been more, more contrasting.
0: No, it's been a fascinating series so far. I think You know, Justin Simon, you know, that three or four-minute stretch he had in the third quarter was, you know, we've we've seen Antonius Cleveland do a similar Mm. thing here in games. We just dominates the game defensively and he, he turned that, that game on its ear and uh, i think what sydney showed there the grit and toughness that those well not not necessarily role players i mean they got some pretty you know if yeah. even the guys you mentioned are you know very very good basketball players yeah. but you know they, they suffocated the life out of uh, new zealand in that game and uh you, you know, that's the sort of game where the coaches sit back and you, you, you know, that that is exactly what you want to see, you know, like just, just you know, such a great defensive game. Well, I can't help but think that, you know, this is the one that New Zealand are really going to sit back and, mm-hmm. and, and rue that game at the, you know, when this series is all done and yeah. dusted because, you know, they win that game and, and it's just, it's, you know, it, it's it's a funny thing, isn't it? Like you see 2 stars players going out and, and it doesn't matter what you say, sometimes you do tend to take your foot off the pedal and think oh. you're going to walk over the top of them. But, uh, you know, to, to Sydney's credit, they are uh, outstanding in that game. But I, I, I sort of think that this is maybe something that New Zealand might not come back from. Yeah. I've I just got a funny feeling now that uh, Sydney might uh, might put him with a sword, you know, in the next couple of games. And uh, I, I hope I'm wrong because... Uh, you know, probably like the rest of uh, the rest of Australia, New Zealand, uh, mm-hmm. we we probably would love to see the Sydney Kings <laughs> not win, yeah. uh, because there is a you know an arrogance about them that is you know that that does my head in a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, you know, I always talk to players about winning with class and losing with class, and and, and they don't tend to do either of those things uh, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I just think that they might, yeah, uh, you know, that that. Game might have you know, shifted the momentum completely back in front in, in favor of the Kings, and I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, they win this next mm-hmm. two games and then win the championship.
2: It's a remarkable thing that we still haven't seen. In all five times these two teams have met this season. The home team win a game. So going into Friday night in Sydney and we're expecting another terrific crowd. I think they've sold well over 13,000 tickets already. So we might get upwards of 15,000 people there, which will be terrific. But do you get a feeling we might see the shift and finally see a home team, team get a win in this series?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I think, um, like I said, I, I think that New Zealand are going to really uh, rue that missed opportunity in Game Two. Um, I, I think the Kings will come out and they'll, you, you know, the confidence that they'll they'll take from winning that game in New Zealand, they'll bring that back home. You'd imagine after you know five days, the that, that Walton Junior and, and, and Cooks will be be good to go, and, and obviously. You know, Cooks will be buoyed by you know the, the you know so the the NBA um, opportunity that he's going to get. Oh, I think that with you know fifteen thousand fans on, on their back, I think it, it'll be enough to sway the series back to Sydney.
2: Yep. All right. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. But I want to get your thoughts on Xavier Cooks. So firstly, we put the. The vote out to our listeners here on the show Scott about the winner of the Galen award for the best team man this season we narrowed it down to Xavier Cooks and antonius Cleveland and it was Xavier Cooks that ended up ended up winning the votes across our social media platforms and we plucked out a lucky winner thanks to sports card world as well and that was Andrew French so congratulations to Andrew and he'll win thanks to sports card world six packs of the NBA hoops 2022-23 cards valued at 66 dollars so thank you to all of our listeners for voting and thank you to sports card world for that prize but Firstly, about Xavier Cook Scott, are you pretty happy that he won that award? And secondly, pretty happy that he's got an NBA opportunity now to to play at the Washington Wizards, not only for the rest of this season, but he's got a contract for next season too.
0: Yeah. Oh, look. I mean, I, I don't think there'd, there'd be too many people that would, uh, you know, argue the fact that the you know won the league MVP, which I know I've sort of spoken about. Mm. I, I still think that 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 is. Um, Probably debatable, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, to me, Bryce Cotton, as I've said to you in the past, is the MVP of the league. Um, but you know, no, certainly no argument when you're talking about uh, you know the the, the award, you know, the Galen Award. I think that's uh, no one have too many issues of that. Um, as far as the NBA, I think it's a, a fantastic opportunity. I think you know, once again, it you know it, it narrows that gap between you know the NBA and the rest of the world. Oh, mm-hmm. Look, I'm a, I'm a little bit surprise. I, I think he's you know probably going to be you know, you know maybe a little bit undersized for the position he mm-hmm. play over there, and and you know when you look at the the weaknesses in his game, which is you know perimeter shooting mm-hmm. and, and you know free throw uh, percentages, um, you know that that has the potential to be exposed, but. You know, once again, his, his work ethic and, and what he brings to the table in you know just about every facet of the game is is hard to overlook. So it, it's a yeah, you know, I think it's a great opportunity. Like I you know, I played against his dad and uh, you know, coached against his dad as a assistant coaches. We used to you know swap tape of opposing teams, even though. Uh, both our head coaches told us not to deal with the other club because uh, you know everyone hated each other. That side, that stage. So uh, look, oh, I think it's, it's it's a it's a fantastic feather in his cap, and you know to to get a two year deal is is, uh, is 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 unreal. So once again, I think it just puts a focus on Australian basketball, and uh, you know shows the talent that we really do have. And uh, just to touch back on one thing you were talking about with McDowell White, I mean to me that. Game one that he played, you know, was like watching Josh Getty. you know, oh, like just a, just the a control that he had, you know, had over that game. And, uh, you know, he just had all the time in the world and, and just that big point guard that looks like he's got all the time in the world. I thought you know, he looked like he was playing himself into an NBA contract yeah. as well. And, and I think, obviously, the, you know, the, the focus, of, you know, there would have been a lot of NBA people watching that game. And I think he's, uh, you know, he potentially could be could be the next guy that takes that step. So, uh, no, it's an exciting time for Australian basketball, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And
2: just touching on Josh Giddy, he's in a remarkable run of form himself right now for, for Oklahoma City. He had another 17 points, 17, 17 assists, 11 rebounds. Just, just today as well. He's playing some incredible basketball as well.
0: I do, I, so I saw the half time uh mm. ten, ten so yeah, assists at half time against the Golden State Warriors mm. if you don't mind. Yeah. So uh look, I, I think and that's what I like about McDowell White. You know, you've got that you know, that extra space in the floor in the NBA and and you know, there's two guy two Tall guards, uh, excuse me, that can you know, have the ability to see over people and and are poised and uh, um, it's great to see. And uh, uh, old mate of ours, Joe Ingalls, has mm-hmm. had a couple of couple of good games as well, and could uh, could you know, could almost play himself into a championship ring. So mm-hmm. no, it it, it is it's it's fantastic to see. No, it
2: sure is. A um, little bit quiet on the Adelaide 36ers front, Scott, and that's probably because they. Can't announce any signings right now, and you can't exactly announce players leaving until the free agency window opens. So it's pretty quiet. But are you hearing much out of out of the 36ers camp?
0: No, not a lot. I think there's, um, you know, there's there's obviously probably a lot of moving parts mm. behind the scenes. But uh, yeah, we we do have guys, you know, signed for next year in in, in Mitch McCarran, Sunday Ditch, um, Cleveland, Cleveland and Frank's, yeah. uh, Franks and, and Galloway, I believe yep. as well. I, look, I I think the the feeling is that Franks probably won't be back. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but that, you know, once again, that remains to be seen and play out. I, I think the club, you know, sort of knows, you know, the areas that they need to need to fill. But, you, you know, once again, I, I think, you know, we, we get this championship series over and done with and, and, you know, there's obviously, you know, chatter and talk going on behind the scenes, uh, whether it's uh, technically legal or not yeah. at, at this stage. But, you, you know, people always people always talking to each other. And uh, um, look, I, I think uh, it's going to be an interesting off season for the Sixers. I think, you know, we, we obviously, you know, have, have probably haven't achieved what what we would have liked over these uh, last few years. And uh, it's it's going to, it, you know, it's going to be a big year. And I, I think it, it needs to be a year where, you know, we, we take, you know, like a, a sort of fairly major step back in the right direction. Yeah. And, you know get involved playing playoff basketball again and and you know i think that's very very achievable i think it's uh you know we might make the right decisions and, and bring in the right people to add to what we've already got so yeah but no very, very quiet here at the moment mm. there's there's not a lot of chatter going on but uh i think i would imagine that would change uh, fairly fairly quickly
2: Next week when we, when the championship has been decided, we'll have a bit more time and we'll do a a proper sort of preview of your NBL1 season and your championship defence at South Adelaide, Scott. But just quickly, a couple of weeks out from the season, how are your preparations going?
0: Yeah, good. I mean, you, know, you always want more time. Um, you know, we we had a very interesting, uh, you know, I've been basically looking for, you know, someone to replace Jeremy Smith uh, the entire off-season and, and trying to replace, you know, the leading scorer and best player in the league. Uh, you know, six or three shooting guards has been, you know, I've watched a lot of highlight tapes of a, of a lot of, uh, different guards from all around the world, and look, let's face it, everybody looks good <laughs> to highlight tape. But uh, you know, it was it was basically a, a chance conversation uh, at the 36th MVP dinner, and I've, I've now signed Daniel Johnson, so I've replaced the. Oh, really? uh, wow. I've, 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 I've uh, replaced a six foot three shooting guard <laughs> with a six foot eleven. Uh, we all know what DJ's <laughs> like, so it, it, it's really exciting for us. It, it does change our Stola game completely, um, <laughs> yes. but. You know, once again, I've probably replaced the you know the best offensive player in the league from last year with with what I would imagine is probably going to be the best offensive yeah. player in the oh, league yeah. this year. So um, you know, we still have Alex Starling, who you know was defensive player of the year last year. I I think that you know him and DJ is a match made in heaven. I, I think you know you have got two guys who has have differing strengths to each other and, and can really open up the floor for each other. So yeah, very very exciting, and it, it literally was a Chance conversation because all the talk here was DJ was going to go and you know play professionally in Japan during the off season yeah. and, and he did have an offer there but uh, um, his wife is going to give birth to their second uh, baby within the next couple of weeks and yeah. basically he said no to that and I think everyone had just assumed he was going and uh, I. Asked a question. He said, no, I'm not going. I said, well, I think we should have a chat. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, bringing him into, you know, anytime you have an opportunity to bring someone of his calibre, yeah, you know, into into the NBL one uh, sphere is 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 fantastic. So yeah, very exciting times here. Um, it it will take us a while to you know really get him integrated into the team, but it's uh, yeah, it's a nice problem to have.
2: Oh, absolutely. I remember that was that was almost your dream signing when you first took over the job, and you probably thought it was unachievable. But now all of a sudden you win a championship, and look what can happen.
0: Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Uh, DJ was one of the first people I spoke yeah. to when I got the job. I think probably before I even took the job, and uh, you know, he'd already signed with Forrester at that, that stage. And uh, yeah, I, look, I've always um, I said to him when I first spoke to him that I I've always wanted to coach him. So you know, now I get the opportunity to do that, and. Um, yeah, hopefully you uh, know, Yeah, we can achieve some success along the way and d- do something special again.
2: No, very exciting, Scott. No, that, I, I didn't know that news, so you literally broke it to me. I know it's probably been announced somewhere and I've just missed it. But, no, that's very exciting and I look forward to following that. We'll come back next week, Scott, and catch up And once the series is done in the NBL and wrap up that season and look ahead to your season. And, yeah, thanks again for joining us.
0: No, too easy, mate. Anytime.
2: Okay, back now with Cody Ellis here on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. And before we get to the Games 3 and Game 4 of the NBL Championship Series, Cody, a bit for us to get through, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of different things. So the WNBL Finals now gets underway this week as well. Wednesday night it all starts with the the Battle of the Melbourne Team. So we've got the Southside Flyers against the Melbourne Boomers. So that their Game 1 will be played on, on Wednesday night. And then Game 1 between the Townsville Fire and the Perth Lynx um, on Thursday night we will get underway in Townsville. Um, I think as as it turned out, probably the, the best four teams have mm-hmm. ended up making the finals. I know the Bendigo Spirit were in the top four for a lot of the season, but they they fell away late and I, I think the Perth Lynx are are deserving of a final spot just with the, the firepower they've got on that sure. on that on that team and you know they can easily put up a hundred points without even even really really trying. So so I think it'll be a pretty exciting series between both lots of teams. Um, the Flyers and the Boomers, I'll get your thoughts on. First of all, the the Flyers obviously a totally different team without Lauren Jackson, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate after she ruptured her Achilles, but they've still done well enough to, to get into that into that position and they take on the Boomers who are the reigning champions. They've got the MVP, Kayla George.
1: Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, look. Always a tough one. It's always good to see the uh you know, the the Victorian uh mm. rivals going at it. But uh Look, Kayla again, just been unbelievable as as the MVP. Obviously, mm. is uh is is shown. But um, look, it, it's unfortunate with no Lauren Jackson. Yeah, um, that that really does suck. I think. Gee, yeah, uh, a
2: series of her going against Kayla George, would have been awesome, would have been right? unbelievable. It would have been
1: unbelievable. Um, and I'm sure Kayla would have loved that yeah. as well. Um, look, I, I think the Boomers obviously get that one done.
2: Yeah, it's it's fascinating, and as it turns out, without the Phoenix or United there for the NBL. NBL Finals. Let's hope the the crowds they turn out for this as well, and we see some see some good crowds really really supporting this
1: series too. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I think um, you know the product that the the WNBL has on the floor now is is at an all time high. Yeah. So uh, I don't see why they wouldn't draw massive crowds at the, <laughs> at the point.
2: The other series, the Townsville Fire, they ended up as the regular season champions, going to the finals on on a pretty significant winning streak as well. So they're the form team, but the Perth Lynx uh, are in some good form themselves. Um, nice rivalry building as well, mm. because Ryan Petrick, the coach of the Lynx, made his feelings pretty clear. Um, even though he, I remember speaking to him post-game after the first game they played against Townsville, he was a little bit careful about what he said that We were allowed to print and what we weren't allowed to print. But (laughs) his feelings on the whole situation with Shiloh Hill joining the Townsville Fire are, uh, I think, pretty obvious for for, for everyone to see. Um, The fact that she's now part of that team and adds another weapon probably puts a target on Townsville's back while also making them harder to beat at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So there'll be a bit of spice to this series. Two high-scoring teams, two exciting teams to watch.
1: Um, How do you think it'll unfold? Yeah, well... Pardon the pun, but both teams full of firepower. It's, <laughs> it is unbelievable um, across the board. And then, uh, it is yeah, Shannon Seabom, yes. Coach of the Year yep. for, for Townsville. Um, shout out to Shannon. Uh, he was one of my assistants when I was mm. first at Sydney. So he's been unbelievable the yeah. past few years uh, yeah. at, at, the, at the helm. Um, look, this, this is really going to be a, a cool little matchup. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, lots went down with with mm. Shyla and and Shane um, mm. at Sydney, and um, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. So um, adding Shyla to any team is going to be yeah. uh, going to add a, uh, add a lot to them. Um, but I do think I'm gonna I'm gonna back the uh, the home girls and, and go with Perth.
2: What's it like being part of a series like this where the two teams don't like each other, especially the head coaches? It's fair to say Ryan Petrick and Shannon Seaborn won't be. Sharing too many too many <laughs> words pre yeah. or or post game during during this series. Um, what's it like being part of a, a series like that? You've been been yeah. part of plenty of them.
1: Sure, have. It's uh it's good. Mm. Well, it's it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun and um, goes back to one of those um, one of those things that is is a big talking point even in the NBL in in series, not shaking hands yeah. after after yeah. you know games one and, and two t- I, until Sh- the, should you wait until the series is finished? I think so. Mm. I think so because you, you just. There's that, always that little bit that, you know, it could boil over yeah. in that handshake line. We've seen it yep. way too many times. Yep. So, um, look, yeah, they're the best, the best series to be part of, mm. you know, because both crowds get even more involved mm. and there's talk about it and players get more hyped up. And, uh, yeah, look, I think it's going to be a fun series.
2: Do you think the home court advantage is something that helps tip it towards Townsville?
1: A little bit, a little bit, um, but I think I think the Lynx are playing really good basketball mm. right now. Um, you know, they've they've kind of back into the season, really kind of switched gears, and um, I, I think that uh, look home court advantage is, is always a big thing, mm. um, but look, I, I do think it's going to really go down to the wire. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the series.
2: A couple of your Warwick Senators gales in there as well, and. Chloe Forster coming off her best ever WNBL yeah. game last up when Ryan Patrick went to, went into his bench a little bit in their last game against Canberra. I think she had twelve points in that yep. in that game. M- Mackenzie Clinch Hoikart got the start as well, so you'll you'll be keeping a close eye on them.
1: Oh, absolutely! And you know Chloe was awesome. She just came out aggressive. Mm. You know I think she'd only scored two or three points mm-hmm. in the in the season prior, and then came out ready to go, mm. which was awesome. And then Kens has been kind of a bit of a staple in the, in that in the whole roster yep. this whole season. She's been uh, unbelievable and. Yeah, look, big shout outs to them, and, and hopefully they can get it done.
2: Get your thoughts on the award winners from the WNBL as well, Cody. I'll run through them all, and you can just tell me what what stands out. So, as we touched on, the MVP for the season was Kayla George from the Melbourne Boomers, Coach of the Year Shannon Seabom from Townsville. I'm very interested by this. All of a sudden, the field was was almost run by a team that never came close yeah. To, yeah. to making the playoffs. So, easy ball ace won both breakout player of the year and the sixth woman of the year. Steph Talbot, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I might get your thoughts on that. Surprising that it comes from a team that finished so low?
1: Yeah, it is. It is, mm. and I think <laughs> it's tough with, with some of these awards, but, look, I think realistically the team's performance does need to come into consideration yeah. as well. You know, it's, it's not often that you get, you know, an MVP, say, for mm. instance, that hasn't made, you know, at least a top two. Yeah. It's, mm. That's very rare. Um, obviously, we saw it here with Kayla and, and Melbourne. But, yeah, it, it is a bit surprising to see yeah. lots of awards go to a team that didn't even look like really making <laughs> yeah. making playoff push.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. But nothing against both, of obviously, Steph Talbot, who's a superstar. Yeah, right? absolutely. And Borlase, who's a rising star as well. All WNBL teams then, Cody. So the all-first team, Kayla George, Sammy Wickham, Tiana Hawkins, Christy Wallace, Kayla Thornton. The all-second team, Jade Melbourne, Tiffany Mitchell, Lauren Nicholson, Steph Talbot, Lauren Scherf. Mm-hmm. anything jump out or anyone jump out that you feel might be a little bit unlucky
1: uh oh look, that's th- putting you on the spot that is that really is <laughs> um look i think Keely froling had a had a yeah, heck of a year did. i think she was um real consistent and she she averaged i think it was just ridiculous numbers mm. across the season mm. so but look i think it was very similar to the nbl this year mm. and just the the pool of players this year is unbelievable and it's obviously tough to only pick two teams out of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, I think they've probably hit the hit the nail on the head with these two teams, though. You would have to think if Lauren Jackson didn't get hurt, she would have been oh, part of one sure. of those two teams yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right, Cody, so we'll keep an eye on that. So by the time we come back next week, we'll know who's into the WNBL Grand Final. Um, now, before I put you on the spot with Games 3 and Game 4 of the NBL Championship Series, your NBL 1 West season is getting very close, Cody, and... All of a sudden, you're going to have an old sparring partner to go up <laughs> against with the Will- at the and Tigers. Yep. What was your reaction when you found out that Mark Worthington had signed?
1: Oh, look, I was, I wasn't shocked, but I was. Hmm. Um, you know, I've I've had a couple conversations with Wor um, Played against him a couple times in domestic, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's he's said that you know he feels really good and he wants to get back into it. Okay. Um, so yeah, look, look, I'm happy he's back in the league. You know, hmm. to have a player of his caliber in the league is is awesome, and hmm. I think he'll do wonders for for the Tigers and just. Hmm. Just the young boys, because they have um, they've, they still do have a fairly young squad there. Mm. So, um, look, it's it's exciting. It's mm. going to be really cool to play against him again.
2: Do you have any insight as to why he chose chose Willerton? No, no idea. No mm.
1: idea. I haven't actually spoken to him properly about it yet, yeah. but uh, I'll have to pick his brain. He's, he's got
2: another teammate there. I mean, we've talked about Gordrop Gack mm-hmm. throughout the NBL season, how impressive he was at the Brisbane Bullets and how perhaps they didn't utilize him as much as they could have as okay. well. Um Gee, that's a, that's a tough front court when you throw Michael Bigger into it too.
1: Yeah, they're big. Big <laughs> and smart. So, they're, yeah, look, I think uh, Gorjok's going to be a monster in this league. Mm. Uh, I think he's uh, he, he really kind of found his own this year uh, in the NBL and mm. you know, we, we saw him improve and improve and improve and then all of a sudden wasn't playing. Yeah. So I'm not sure what went on there. So I'm sure he'll want to come out and really start proving mm. a point. Um, so, yeah, look, Willow's going to be tough. They're going to be really tough. You put your hand up to, to go one on one with Weirdo for a oh, absolutely. For forty minutes. Yeah, definitely. Neither of us can play forty <laughs> minutes,
2: but you know, we'll we'll try. <laughs> uh, look forward to that. Um we'll have to check the schedule and see how quick yeah. how early into the season you play play the Tigers, Cody. Um how are your Warwick Senators shaping up? Um obviously Let's start with your coach Luke Brennan. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he's no longer with the Perth Wildcats, but right. that might be good news for you.
1: Yeah, it is. It's uh I mean, it it really does suck for him and mm-hmm. um you know, I, I feel for him, but uh look, I, I think he'll certainly find his feet somewhere um somewhere in the NBL at some point because mm-hmm. uh he certainly knows his stuff and he's mm-hmm. a he's a hard worker on in mm-hmm. the video and all that sort of all that sort of gear, so look, f- from our point of view it's great because you know he's he's not going to miss a whole lot. Yes. You know he. Uh, I don't think he's going to the MVP ball, mm-hmm. so he'll be able to coach us in the first game. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, we we missed him for a couple of weeks because he went to um, summer the summer league yeah. in um, midway through the season. So all that kind of stuff just falls by the wayside, mm-hmm. and we will um, we'll have him for the season. So that's. Uh,
2: all good. You played one season under him now, and yep. really, it was half a season yeah. because of unfortunately the amount of time he had to miss. Even yep. even with the NBL season still going, when your season started, mm-hmm. um, have you been? This is you are not going to say anything bad about him <laughs> when he's your coach, but have you seen enough from him to su- suggest that he belongs in the NBL and he deserves another another job oh, s- somewhere sure. else?
1: Yeah, absolutely. He uh, he knows his stuff. He's uh, I, I really think that. Um you know teams that are in need of of a, an extra assistant or you know video guys that really know the league i mm-hmm. think he would be one of the first guys you'd reach out to um you know he 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 understands the league he's been in it for a while now and yeah look i, I think he's just he's just a really smart basketball mind
2: mm. What can you tell us about your your squad, your roster
1: that you've got coming to into this season, Cody? Yeah, looking good, looking good. Well, maybe should I say what are you allowed to to, to give away? <laughs> no, look, I, we're looking good. I think um, it's at that point now where you know preseason's becoming that grind, and we're mm. still three ish, three four weeks away mm. from our first game. You know, everyone kind of starts getting on each other's nerves <laughs> at training, yeah, and yeah. it gets a little more physical, mm-hmm. which is which I think is good. Mm. Um, I think it's really good and. Um no we we had uh had our first scratch match against against the Redbacks mm. the other day and uh look it was not great basketball by either team <laughs> I'm not going to lie but yeah. uh it, it's always good to play against someone different mm. um and and kind of blow those cobwebs out mm. a little bit um but yeah look I, I think I think we're looking good um we'll have have our import in um mm-hmm. Hussein Ford mm-hmm. he he got in uh over the weekend yeah. so it'd be good to you know, bring him in and, and introduce him to the stuff and mm. get him up to speed, and uh, I think he'll be a good addition for us. Well, we saw how good he was last season yeah. at the Goldfields Giants. How how much does
2: it help when you bring in a new import if he's already familiar with, with the league?
1: Oh, it makes a big difference. I think that certainly um, has a hand in, in imports, mm. um, you know, if they've been around the league and, you know, they're successful in the league. Um, I think that's huge because, mm. you know, each league around the world is ref so differently. You know, mm. I hate to always harp on about the refing, but it it plays such a big factor. Um, and for a high energy guy like him, I think to understand how the league is is whistled, mm. I think is huge. Mm. Um, so look, I think he'll he'll slot in perfectly for us mm. and um, just give us that extra extra little boost. Mm.
2: All right. When we come back next week, Cody, we might go through some of the other teams that you're going to be coming up against mm-hmm. and and who's looking good coming into the season as well, but. Two guys I do want to get your thoughts on, just to see where you think their immediate future lies. You've played against both of them in your time with the Senders. Alex Dukas and Kyle Bowen. We yep. were we were watching them just before playing for, for St. Mary's. They're they're both about to finish their their college careers. Um, amazingly they're both championship winners already mm-hmm. at their at their local clubs in yep. the in the SBL with with Kyle Bowen winning one at that stack. Redbacks team with with Sean Redditch leading the way way back in 2017. And then Alex Dukas, he, he was a star on that team mm. that won for the, the Geraldton Buccaneers in 2019 as well, what turned out to be the, the last ever Correct. SBL championship. Yep. Um, first of all, do you think they come back to play in the NBL 1 this mm-hmm. season? And beyond that, do they immediately sign in the NBL? Is that where you think they'll, they'll be?
1: Yeah, NBL 1 is an interesting one because um, they'll probably have to finish out school, I'm sure. Mm. Um, Oh, if that's what they want to do, anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, look at at that point, you'd, you'd probably say, "Yeah, I want to finish it out because you're so close." Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, look, I, I do think that they will be on NBL teams' radars for sure. Mm. I think they've both had really good college careers um, and both really good players. Um, you know, I think I think Duca's is 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 um, one of those big guards um, that's that's really found his own at St Mary's and um, just. To see even – I mean, he was dominant when he played with Jero. He was he was, he yeah. was um, such a big part of that championship team. Um, so, look, just to see his game evolve has, has been awesome. Um, and then, you know, Bowen obviously is, is just a big dog. He's, yes. he's a monster. So, I, I think any team could use a guy like that. Mm. You know, I think the Cats could use a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, look, having local talent in the league is, is always good. So, mm. um, I'm sure they've both been reached out to or – will be reached yes. out to by, uh, by multiple NBL teams. Absolutely. Um,
2: last one on college basketball, Cody. Um, you've got a, obviously a strong connection to St. Louis, and yes. you always will. Um, it's a big part of your heart, and the women's team has just done something
1: pretty special. They certainly have. So they've won their first ever A-10 title, mm. um, which is unbelievable. And uh, new coach this year. Um, they started off the season extremely rocky. I think mm. they were playing a D2 team in one of their first games and were down like 28 or 29 mm. to 1 or something oh, wow. like that in their first game. <laughs> so they've come a long way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, just kind of hit hit their stride at the perfect time of year and, and figured it out. Um, and it was, uh, it was really cool to see. So congratulations to the girls. No, absolutely. Um,
2: all right, Cody. Now I've delayed it long enough. Now I'm going to have to put you on the spot. <laughs> We've got game three of the NBL Championship Series. At Kudos Bank Arena between the Sydney Kings and the New Zealand Breakers on Friday night, they've already sold more than 13,000 tickets for this game. So I think they were pretty happy last Friday to have 13.5 for the game. Yeah. But this could be everywhere, upwards of 15,000 for, for game, game 3 on Friday night. We don't know about Xavier Cooks and Derek Walden Jr., but we saw what the Kings can do without them. Um, what do you think happens in Game 3?
1: Yeah, look, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. I, I, I can't see New Zealand playing that same way again. Um, and I think a a lot of it comes down to the health of those two guys. Mm. Uh, um, Really, um, I'm I'm not really sure what Walton's done. No. It looked a lot more than a cramp. It can't
2: be cramp if you can't play two days
1: later. I honestly thought that he'd kind of ruptured something through his hip flexor. Mm. That's what it looked like when he first – because, I mean, it it looked like he really hurt something. I mean, he was on the ground for a long time in a lot of pain, Mm. and – it didn't look good because it was non-contact, mm. and that's never a good thing. So I'm hoping he's healthy. I'm hoping mm. it was, you know, just just something small. But uh,
2: I mean, the similarities to last season is incredible. They is. lost Jalen Adams in Game One game against one. the Jack Jumpers as well. They were able to pull it out. Yeah. But I mean, it's amazing that you lose your point guard in the Game One of both yeah. Grand Final series. Yeah.
1: Who'd have thought it? I know <laughs> it's crazy, right? So yeah, I mean that it really is brutal. It mm. really is brutal. I, I think. Uh, it's tough to see the bench step up the way they did in this game too for a whole series. Yeah. Um and that's not, you know, hanging on it at all. That's no, just, no, it's just it's reality. It's a reality <laughs> yeah. that it, it it's good to do that for a game. Like that's that's certainly possible, but to do it over a whole series is is yeah, it's it's a very tough thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um so look, I think I think we do see Zave. I think he'll be mm-hmm. okay. I think that Corky will end up fine. Um, hopefully Washington let him play. Yes. But, look, oh, I mean, the way it's gone, it's, it's just going to be who's going to win on the road. Yep. Uh, who's going to win at home, sorry. At home, yeah. Um, so, look, I, I, I do think, I think New Zealand get this one. I do think New Zealand yep. get this one. Game four will be at Spark Arena, and if that happens, they'll
2: be playing to wrap up the to championship up on the their championship. home floor. Yep. And there's going to be more than 9,000 people at Spark Arena. They're expecting it to be a record crowd at Spark Arena. That... That Auckland crowd is always loud, no matter how many people are in the building. But when it's a pack, packed house, it would be even more significant, especially if they're trying to wrap up a championship. If it goes to the way you're expecting, would they wrap it up on Sunday?
1: I don't think so. Okay. No, I think, I think the Kings get it. Uh, I think it goes, yeah, road team, road team again, and it goes to five back on Wednesday, um, back in Sydney. And then you can save your prediction for next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got to think a whole week about who's going to win that because that's literally, I think that one's going to be a flip of the coin. Um, so, look, I, I really hope it does go to five mm. and, I, and I hope these games are close and competitive and, uh, look, I mean, both both games one and two were. I kind of feel like they were wrapped up by the winning mm. team for most of the game anyway, but, yeah. you know, there was always that little bit in the back of my mind that, well, well Sydney could make a run here mm. in, in game one and, I was expecting New Zealand to make a running Mm. game too and they just didn't. So, look, fascinating series and, uh, yeah, look, I I do hope that it it gets to five.
2: Let's hope it plays out how you expect, Cody. And thank you for joining us once again. Thank you for everyone for tuning in. Thank you to Hoop7 for making it possible. There was a lot to get through once again, Cody. We might have only had two games to look back on, but Mm -hmm. we still managed to fill up an hour without too much problem. So thank you to everyone for tuning in and i will let you have the final word, Cody, on what what you're most looking
1: forward to over the next... Next five days, for seeing Walton and Cooks back out on the floor, mm. uh, I think you know Sydney at full strength is uh, is 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 fun to watch. So hopefully those guys are healthy and uh, and ready to go.